Welcome to Life Turned On, where we share and celebrate the stories of sexual self-discovery in midlife and beyond. Society tells us women's sexuality ends once she reaches a certain age, her body changes, or even when she reaches certain milestones such as motherhood or menopause. They want to turn us off, but we are committed to living life turned on, full of pleasure, deep joy, and an authentic expression of self. Listen in as we share stories of women who are ditching old scripts to pursue their own path to pleasure in their lives and their sexuality. I'm your host, Shauna Stewart, and I want you to get ready for honest conversations, practical advice, and inspiration along the way, because here at Life Turned On, we believe that pleasure is our birthright and the time to claim it is now. All right, welcome back, friends. So something to know about me is that I am a really slow adopter of trends. And if you've met me in person, you've probably noticed that my fashion spin is very simple, classic. And I'm also probably going to be the last person in the whole wide world that you'll find cold plunging. Um, My immediate reaction to really big new social trends tends to be an immediate no thank you. It's not that I'm not open to new ideas. It's just something about trends like when particular ideas become very popular very fast that I just tend to be resistant to. And I think it's like that I resist the idea of getting caught up in groupthink or something. I'm not quite sure. But eventually, oftentimes, I'll listen, I'll learn a little more. And on occasion, I will eventually come along with the big social trends. So this is exactly what happened when my friend and coach Erica Day started talking about microdosing psilocybin. And then I started hearing about it everywhere. And while I could see all the benefits for other people, I was originally a hard pass on the idea for myself. Totally supportive of Erica, just not into the idea of microdosing for myself. But over time, I learned that psilocybin isn't in fact a new trend at all. It's And it has so many healing effects. And these effects are just something that were just too profound that I could no longer deny myself of it. So today, we are talking all things microdosing and intimacy with our guest, Erica Day. Erica is founder of Erica Day Coaching and co-founder of The Kind Teacher. She is a microdosing guide, mentor, mentor, and psychedelic integration specialist. So welcome, Erica. Is there anything else you'd like to share about yourself? Oh, gosh, I think that's a really great summary of me. And I would say that you'll find through this conversation, I am somebody who is just very curious and open. And that is something where psilocybin and this path really opened up to me because of my curiosity. So I would say that on top of everything you said, I'm somebody who's very curious and open-minded. And I would say that that has led me to places I couldn't have imagined. And so that's really, you know, just a little bit about me. So yeah, I'm so glad you're here. I really appreciate you sharing your time with us and storytelling. Mm-hmm. Kind of can, to start off before we kind of dive into our conversation, can you just set the stage and help us all understand what exactly microdosing is, macrodosing, psilocybin? Like, help us understand what we're talking about today. Yeah. So, psilocybin is essentially, quote unquote, the magic mushroom. It's the, you know, typical mushroom that you take to have a psychedelic experience. 
but microdosing is actually taking a very small amount of this magic mushroom. And it's essentially sub-hallucinogenic. So you take a small amount to where you don't experience those typical hallucinogenic effects. And so microdosing can actually have really profound benefits for people, which we can definitely dive into and talk about. So that's a really great way to work with psilocybin and receive its benefits if you are somebody who's not ready to dive into the ocean with a macrodose. Mm. A macrodose is taking a larger amount of psilocybin, typically 3.5 grams. And for example, people microdose anywhere from 0.5 milligrams all the way up to 1.5 grams, but it just depends on the person and their bioindividuality. So macrodose is just essentially that typical psychedelic experience where it's an inward journey. And that also has major benefits to the person as a whole and also society in general. So essentially microdosing is taking a small amount. Macrodosing is a larger experience and it is the magic mushroom that we're talking about, which is psilocybin. Okay. And can you share some of the benefits that come from microdosing and macrodosing and maybe what some of the differences are between the two, if there are any? For sure. Definitely. So first, I think I'll start out by saying people who, if we, so there's a lot of mental health challenges that are in our society. They're pretty rampant, right? With depression, PTSD, anxiety, trauma, OCD, you know, the list goes on and on. And psilocybin has been shown to support all of those things, which is fascinating. So how can one thing support so many different um, mental health challenges? It's actually pointing to some common root causes. So essentially, if you are experiencing any of this, or you have looping thoughts about yourself, ruminations, if you have negative thought patterns, there's an area of the brain called the default mode network. And that area of the brain has been shown to be pretty hyperactive, even if you have like anxiety, depression, things of that nature. So, you know, an example I like to give is when when neurons fire together, they wire together. So that includes thoughts we're thinking about ourselves. We can get stuck in ways that we're thinking about ourselves, our life, the world, the past, because the default mode network is where our sense of self is, where our identity lies, where we think about the past and the future. And so what psilocybin does is essentially goes in and it's rewiring the brain. So it actually lowers the blood flow to that region of the brain, and it helps other areas of the brain connect in ways that have never connected before. And so the benefits of microdosing actually are really supportive for relieving anxiety and depression and helping people to get out of ruminating thought patterns that they've had about themselves there's more open-mindedness. People become more curious, kinder, and more compassionate. And what psilocybin does too, is it's giving you access to the unconscious mind. And an analogy I like to use is sometimes when you work with psilocybin, it's similar to lighting a candle in an attic. And all of a sudden you see these boxes you packed away for years and years. And psilocybin can be like slowly unpacking these boxes, unpacking, integrating, and processing. Because a lot of the things that we've experienced in our past, you know, that have been either traumatic or anything that we've repressed or haven't been able to heal from, psilocybin can bring that up to the surface for us to examine, for us to move forward. So it's really beautiful because in conjunction with working with things from the past, 
it's actually lowering fear and anxiety and like rigidity because something too is we become older our brains become rigid in ways that we think about ourselves in the world you know if you look at children right they can move through emotions easily they're really open they're just exploring or our, our brains can become rigid and psilocybin is essentially bringing our brains back to more of like a childlike state of like flexibility and taking in the world in a new way so the benefits are astronomical and with microdosing you can work with that over a span of 12 weeks and with a macro dose, that has some different effects, same effects, but it's essentially like doing a factory reset on your phone for your brain. It's mm. like a boot. And there's also can be a huge sense of interconnection, like a sense of we are all connected and there's something greater. You know, people call it like diving into the ocean of consciousness, essentially. So that's up to people to explore that for themselves as far as what that means for you. But there are aspects of psilocybin that just can't be explained. So that, that to me, it's like there's a weaving of the science in the sacred. But for example, when you do a macro dose, that neuroplasticity has been shown to last in your brain upwards of six months. Hmm. So for example, people will go explore ketamine therapy but actually, I'm not really a big fan of that because it doesn't produce any neuroplasticity in the brain and it doesn't have lasting effects. And it actually can be used to repress and numb instead of getting to the root cause. And that's what psilocybin is hmm. really supported with. So I know that was like me talking a lot about it. So let yes. me know you need to clarify. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, all that was so helpful. And one thing I've been curious about is like I've heard you say a lot on your social media and in the workshop I was a part of that, like you are the medicine that the psilocybin is coming alongside and kind of serving as like this aid or helping to open the door. But I'm wondering, like, are there parts when with the neuroplasticity and maybe like getting out of these ruminating thoughts and maybe negative feedback loops? Are there parts of your pop of your personality? that might be good or beneficial that could be lost or changed in a process like this? Or mm -hmm. like, does that make sense? Yeah, so I'm looking at, so I'm trying to rephrase the question make sure that I'm understanding it. Yeah. So kind of asking, does psilocybin also help for the positive things in our life? Or does it take away any of the positive side? Like, is there a downside? Um, yeah, you know, I think that it enhances positive, the positive things in our life, because for example, we have a lot of moms that microdose through the kind teacher and they're able to actually be more present with their kids. They feel more creative, more open. So let me know if that's kind of what you're, you're asking about. But I think too, when we think of, if we're stuck in a certain way of being, there's an aspect of our personality that's coming that's in the driver's seat, essentially, mm -hmm. because of maybe defense mechanisms that we have in the past, or maybe we have a sense of we want to white knuckle through life, control everything. But that in itself, you know, that's like, there's like a two-sided coin to that. Because if you have so much control or fear or anxiety, that's going to impact your ability to actually be in love with your life and be present for what's unfolding in front of you. So when, when people work with psilocybin, I see positive acts, aspects enhanced and these other aspects of themselves coming up to be integrated because I kind of view those negative aspects, not really as negative, but more so information. Cause I think mm -hmm. that part of ourself would maybe there to support us during a certain time period of our life. But it's, there are points of our personality where we need to let go and understand like, what is this teaching me? 
you know, and so let me know if that helps to clarify or I can dive yeah. deep into that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That helps a lot. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, can you talk about some of the ways that microdosing or macrodosing has had an impact on like the emotional and physical intimacy in your own life and maybe some of the insights or changes that you've noticed as a result of psilocybin? Yes, yes. There's actually been quite a few of them. So for example, I used to bodybuild in the past and I had this way of looking at my body and I noticed that I had this like thought pattern, even around like, oh my gosh, my butt wasn't big enough. Or like, if I felt like my body was not firm, then I would just like go hit it in the gym harder. It was like coming from this different place. And so with microdosing, I actually, this is like, I have felt so comfortable and confident in my body. And what's great is I'm actually lifting less. It's hmm. like that neurotic part of me. I don't, I don't even know if I want to call it neurotic, but that part of me it's just, I flow more with my own body. Like I'll do different movements or maybe I just walk for that day. It's like, I don't have to aggressively lift like six days a week to love my body, you know, mm -hmm. so it's definitely changed my relationship with my body. And I think even with intimacy, I sometimes with like intimacy with my partner, I would be really in my head, you know, like mm -hmm. what about my body or how I'm thinking about it or things of that nature psilocybin gets me out of my head and into my body. And then I'm able to surrender and relax and enjoy the whole process of intimacy. And so, because I didn't realize it, but I had some like looping thought patterns about my body and myself that were impacting my intimacy and also how I was treating my body. So through microdosing and psilocybin, it really helped me to reframe and rewire this. And it naturally unfolded. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I feel, I feel so good in my body and feel great with where I am. And I don't have to be like super buff, you know, I, it was like yeah. this aspect of me that totally changed. And I think too, it's really supported me to just be more open and accepting of others as well. There is an openness that happened for me too with psilocybin. And I think there's a part too that I want to come back to, like the phrase, you are the medicine. Uh -huh. I think that's really important because I want, what I want to tell people is microdosing isn't like a magic pill. Like you take it and everything's going to be fixed. Like it does require you to show up for yourself and your process consistently to like examine what's happening. Because I think in our culture, a lot of people will go to the doctor and expect like a quick fix to fix them. But really the reality is we are the only ones that can change our life and ourself. But psilocybin is a great tool to do that because of the neuroplasticity that's happening in the brain. It's like, it's much easier to make these behavioral changes mm -hmm. for your life and self when you're working with psilocybin. So I did want to just touch on that too, because we're really about empowering the individual. Like you are the medicine, like mm -hmm. you can change your life. You can heal, you can do all these things. It's like instilling that sense of empowerment back to the individual, because I think in our society, we it just our society takes away the empower empowerment pieces for individuals mm. to take ownership of their life in a sense yeah 
Yeah, I appreciate that perspective a lot. And I appreciate that you talked on or you touched on body image and getting out of your head and into your body because I feel like those are two of the biggest barriers to pleasure and sexual intimacy that I hear time and time again on this podcast and the shop and conversations and a lot of like studies and literature that I'm going through as well. So it's neat that this is something Mm -hmm. that is... Imp- positively impacting that for you. I um, am going to tell on my husband a little bit with this story. So I hope that's <laughs> where we're going to go with this. But yeah, because I'm curious too, like your relationship with your husband, I'd be interested if there's like any stories you can share. I'm going to share one. And that is that my husband is a really bad snorer. And he's a night owl. So he loves to like stay up late and he does his best work and he can get in flow best when house is quiet, we're all in bed. So he stays up really late and then he can snore. And so both of those things, like I can have a big reaction around (laughs) Um, what is when he's like staying up late sometimes I could feel like take that very personal like he doesn't want to come to bed with me or like with the snoring I just get flat out angry because it's like he's just bragging over there like he's just sleeping and bragging about it and I can't sleep as a result of it and so yeah like a few weeks ago I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and he hadn't come to bed. And like my initial response would be to like get my feelings hurt or get to get upset about it. And then I was just like, oh, this is like a way of him being kind to me so I can sleep. I was complaining about not getting sleep. And this is his way of like, I can give him the benefit of the doubt and not get hurt by this and not get wound up about it. And then I can just like go back to sleep and like enjoy the gift that he has given me. (laughs) And that was just like, I mean, he'd been saying it, but I couldn't necessarily internalize it that way um, until, yeah, like a few weeks into like my own little micro dosing journey. And it was just like, oh yeah, I could just like look at this another way and it doesn't have to be a bad thing and I can just enjoy my sleep and still love my husband when we wake up tomorrow. Yeah. That's the thing I find with microdosing is it's often the subtle shifts. It's not like yeah. all of a sudden it's like a big thing, but you start to view things in your life differently. And that in itself, I'm sure your experience there, when you realize that it was like, there was like a pause before the reaction, you looked at it differently. And I'm sure that that impacted your your life in a different way. It's like shifting it slightly because Mm -hmm. you're you're able to view it in a different way and see it in this way and also see your husband as what he was doing for you. Right. Because I think we can all get stuck in a, in a certain way of thinking or looking at our partners when instead of like meeting them where they are in a sense. And so I love that you were able to see that in a different way. Yeah. 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 It was fun. And you, you've been married just over a year. Um, we got married, we've been like a year and four months, give or take. So okay. we were, we've been together for four years. Okay. Well. And have you been microdosing that whole time? Um, off and on for sure. Okay. Yeah. I had, I actually explored first with macro doses. So okay. Doses. Yeah. And it is 
such a beneficial tool to, I think, develop intimacy together, even just connection through conversation as yeah. well. If you're microdosing and if like, let's say your husband starts to microdose, it can really open up the connection and intimacy in a different way. And I think it's just because like those barriers that we might have unconsciously just slowly start to drop. And then it's like, you're connecting human to human. Mm-hmm. And I find too, I just, my husband and I, we just have so much fun together. I don't mm-hmm. know. We, he, you know, he's really supportive of what I'm doing too, because he sees the benefit as yeah. well. He's seen the benefit in myself too. Yeah. 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 That's really neat. How did you, I don't even think I know this, but how did you originally get into psilocybin? Like what was, what introduced you to it? And it sounds like you've always been a curious person, but like, tell me about your first time. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. So it was when I was in Duluth, Minnesota, I used to li- I lived there. I moved up there. I didn't know anyone. And I had been reading about altered states of consciousness for some time. Like specifically, there's a book called DMT, the spirit molecule. And I was very fascinated by it. I just, I don't know why I'm just fascinated by those altered realms. And so Uh I actually kind of put it out like there in the universe, I guess you would call it. Like, I really want to try psilocybin. I want to, I want to try this. And, um, I was literally at a friend's place that next weekend and then had met this guy, Luke and he, him and I just hit it off. We're really, really great friends. And he was like, Hey, would you ever like to try psilocybin? I was like, wow. Yes. So (laughs) Whoa. Essentially, um, I tried it in the forest with him and it was really amazing. And at the time, you know, I, I have more information now on what it does to the body and what it brings up. But that experience, that first one, it all I felt was just this immense connection and immense love that I have for the people in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think it really made me realize how precious our time is on this earth as well. And to spend the messages that came through were like, just like spend your time wisely and to just love the people that you have in your life while they're earthside. And that came through so strong. And I'm like, this is a natural medicine that's literally opening my heart Mm. in, in ways that I, I hadn't felt in other parts of my life. It was just really showing me what was truly important to me and just this immense connection. And then you know, you, when you do a larger dose, you do see like the fractal patterns and things of that nature. And when you're in nature, it's just, you feel so connected. And I think that's what our society is missing is realizing that we are all part of nature and we are all connected. I think that we, our society, we do live in a little bit of a state of disconnection because a lot of us aren't, aren't playing in the natural world. And so it was really eye-opening for me and that opened the door for me to continue walking down this path because then I went to Peru and, you know, did ayahuasca and became close with the medicine woman out there. And I just slowly started continuing to follow my curiosity mm-hmm. and it led me to this organic connection, Eric, who's the other co-founder of The Kind Teacher, to where now we're doing this together and bringing this to the world in a sense. And so... It's been a really amazing journey, but yeah, it started with curiosity and then like the world was just like, here you go, here's psilocybin on this platter with this like safe person. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I was sold. I was like, what is this amazing magic? <laughs> when yeah. I love the words I heard in what you were just saying are like love, connection, people, and 
there's just like this like sense of life and how precious it is. And I think that it's just so easy in our culture right now to get really distracted, really, really distracted about like what's important. And we get so wound up in so many ways and um, things that like just really don't matter. And it's neat that like, I think a lot of times people end up having experiences where they get sick or burnt out or have like some kind of moment where like they can see that as a result of tragedy but what I'm hearing from you is that like you were able to get this new look on life without tragedy but without with uh psilocybin so yeah yeah it's um and I think a lot of people experience that when they work with it in a larger dose too it's something that you can't intellectually explain I I always say it's something to experience Mm -hmm. But it does. I think it, like you're saying, it highlights what's really important for you individually in your life. It Mm -hmm. can do that. It kind of like bring you back, you know, because we can get distracted. I mean, our world is distracting, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but it it can be really supportive for just seeing like what truly matters for you. You know, and that was one thing too, that led me on my path to eventually leave corporate and do what I'm doing now, because I'm like, wow, I, I felt, I knew what wasn't aligned in my life anymore. And I felt mm-hmm. it in those moments. Yeah. yeah. So the the concept we talked about earlier about kind of getting out of your head and into your body is often emphasized in a lot of discussions around intimacy. I'm wondering if you can kind of elaborate a little bit about how psilocybin might contribute to the shift. And I also want you to kind of talk a little bit about how women may be feeling conditioned to prioritize overthinking and how we are conditioned to be in our heads so much in our culture. Definitely. That's a big one. So the first question was talking about how psilocybin can help people getting out of their mind and into their Mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's so supportive for that because of one, the neuroplasticity that's how it loops, but it also just kind of helps you to relax into your body as well and so for example for me i have found that when i microdose and if i'm being intimate i am just able to be with my body and i've and even when i meditate or if i'm doing anything like that i'm able to go into my body more and i think it has something to do with starting to lower our typical patterns that we hold in our life that are blocking intimacy, specifically like intrusive thoughts about ourselves or how we view our body. And so it's, it is a journey of getting out of our head and into our body and beyond specifically when you also macrodose, that's what psilocybin does. It just takes you there. And so I think that process, it's hard to describe, but I have found that it is easier for me to get into my body and to trust the process and just be there, you know, just because I think that's what we want. Intimacy, I find when I'm able to be present for it, it is so much better. Mm-hmm. So much better instead of if we're in our minds, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, so it's been really supportive for that. And yeah. I think too, as women, when I've reflected on my intimacy journey, I think also not only women, but men are conditioned to view pleasure in a certain way. Right. Mm. So to be for women to maybe be subservient or just to like serve the man or maybe their pleasure isn't um, like valid or should be up there along with the men. And I think specifically for women, we are conditioned in a certain way to 
think about pleasure to how to behave in the bedroom. And I think too, for, for males, sometimes they view maybe pleasure and sex as only a certain way, specifically what they see maybe through like pornography or what they've learned. And I think that can really do a disservice to both parties involved because then I think it takes away that exploration of what true intimacy is for you individually. If you are consistent, like I remember one of my past like partners, like in college, it was like, I was just consistently worried about his, his pleasure. And I didn't even think about my own. Mm. I didn't, I didn't, I hated it. I didn't enjoy it, you know? And it was like, just, I felt I, I, it was an, it was an area of myself that I didn't allow myself to explore until I got older. And just like, well, I have a say in this too, of course, you know? So I think as women of this world, we are conditioned and what psilocybin is, is a deconditioning agent. It mm. deconditions us from patterns and ways of being that we've been stuck in. And it deconditions us to structures that are no longer supportive. I literally call it, it's like unplugging yourself from the matrix in a sense. Yeah. And I think that is how psilocybin can be supportive for overall health and wellness and intimacy for a woman as, as her whole person. You know, there's a huge movement. There is a community called Moms on Mushrooms, and there's like tens of thousands of moms that are microdosing and seeing benefit. So, but yeah, psilocybin is a deconditioning agent. And that is the coolest thing because then you realize that everything in our society has been created by someone. For example, the 40 hour work week was created by Henry Ford because he wanted to sell more cars on the weekends. Like literally we can change things, people. We don't have to be say stuck in a certain way of being, doing, or thinking. And that is what psilocybin is amazing for. That's so neat. I think that that's so cool, especially alongside like a self-discovery journey because so much of women's, anybody's really, but the self-discovery journey often includes kind of this release of these cultural ideas, beliefs, systems that we've just naturally internalized and inherited over our lifetime. And I think like oftentimes we get to a certain point where we're like, huh, well, it just doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> like you were yeah. saying, you know, like you were comparing your college experience to later and just like, oh, sure, of course my pleasure matters, but maybe we hadn't been taught that or we'd been taught exactly opposite of that. And so mm -hmm. it's neat to see and hear how that can come alongside and really support that part of a sexual discovery journey of really like being able to pick and choose what we want as individuals versus kind of falling into the script that we've been handed. So, yeah. And you know, what's fascinating too, because I also find when women go to do a macro dose journey, often it's about retrieving an aspect of ourself that has been lost, negotiated or taken away. And mm. often the retrieval grounds can be next to the grieving grounds. And so it's like this powerful reclamation of the self that can unfold when women specifically macrodose. Because you're right, it's like, I think for women to come into our power, it is about shedding this shit that we don't need anymore. Mm -hmm. like, the ways of being, like what society has put on us or people in our life. It's like coming back to the self as a whole and reclaiming those parts of ourself. And that can be... And the thing is like, you know, that can be a challenging journey, but, but the challenges that one might experience in a macrodose are there to support you in 
your greater healing overall. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the connection between psilocybin and you living into your feminine energy and power? Yeah, for sure. I actually, so at the beginning of the year, I just did a one-on-one guided ceremony with an elder guide who we very deeply trust. And going into it, it was, my intention was all about healing my relationship with the feminine because I realized I had been operating in my masculine self for a very long time. And that operating in my masculine was where I felt safe. And it made a lot of sense just with my past and also the world we live in prioritizes the masculine, right? Like hardness, linearness, action, reliability, strength, like, and the feminine is really about like community and creativity, organic flow, like cyclicalness. And so Leading into that macrodose journey, I had an experienced deep somatic body releases. And so I'll describe a little bit of what unfolded for me so people can understand of how this can be supportive. So essentially, psilocybin showed me these deep patriarchal patterns that have been playing out in my family generation. It, it showed me like my lineage, it like went down to family that I didn't, I don't even know. Like it's, it showed me these patterns of repression that have been playing out in my family and that were playing out in my own life. Like somatically what I experienced was it felt like there was this cord around my neck and that released somatically. And also somatically my whole body started to shake specifically my right side. And so I was releasing like trauma and things that have been locked into my nervous system because often when we have these experiences, the nervous system will release them. And so it was all about healing my relationship with the feminine and also acknowledging this relationship I've had with the masculine. So it's not only healing my relationship with the feminine, but healing my relationship with the, with the masculine and what that means for me. So again, it was like this deep lineage healing for me and also like reclaiming parts of myself because I saw myself... I, it showed me my whole life and where I had not honored my voice or my body or myself to appease or please somebody else. And it showed me that pattern. And so, you know, coming out of this journey and this experience, it's been, I feel different in my body and self. I know that I don't have to operate in this masculine way of being. And for me, it looks like honoring my my body it means standing up for my boundaries and no longer letting like giving up myself for somebody else if that makes sense so it's Mm -hmm. this it's been this reclamation of listening to my intuition and being in my feminine because i was operating in my masculine for so long so it was like this deep reclamation and I feel very different in my body and how I approach my life as well. I very much don't have these like masculine driven like goals anymore and very much <laughs> leaning into organic flow and trusting the process. I, I live very like more cyclically and seasonally right now as well. So it's been like this process of ditching like what I have been told and taught and honoring what feels good for me personally. And I think that is an aspect of the feminine is like honoring yourself and your own body and learning and tuning into your own wisdom. And I think there was something about this deep healing that happened for me, even somatically with my body that released. 
And that's what's beautiful about macrodosis and psilocybin is you can have these deep somatic body releases because what's happening is like you're releasing a root cause pattern. And we don't need to know exactly what it was specifically, but all I know is that it changed everything for me specifically. Okay. So can you talk, you talked about the nervous system and releasing that during your journey. Can you kind of elaborate more on the relationship between your nervous system and these journeys and, or like even with microdosing? Cause I'm curious, like when you say the word change, right? Like our nervous system Mm -hmm. craves consistency. And so any change might feel scary. So on the other end of that, do you feel like soft, and held by your nervous system or is on the other end of a journey, something like, oh, this has changed. <laughs> like, yeah, does it you resist know, every, it on the other side? You know, every person is, so the thing is every person is different with what okay. they experience, but mm-hmm. you know, there, there needs to be more studies on this, but what I think is happening is when the default mode network of the brain goes offline on your journey, it's essentially that ego dissolution. So anything that you identify with, it just kind of like that in a sense dissolves for a little bit so you can get into your body truly. And so there is some connection with the default mode network in our nervous system. So for example, when animals experience traumatic events in nature, you typically see them like shake, shake it off after. It's like their body's releasing it. But as humans, we don't do that. We store everything in our nervous system and that can show up in our body patterns and also how we're thinking about ourselves. So a lot of people experience these like deep somatic body releases. Even the elder guy I worked with said that she'll see, see people who have insane migraines that in their journey, they'll be like moving their neck so much and like this like this huge release that's happening so a lot of people it's like there's a deeper release that needs to happen Mm -hmm. and so i think sometimes for people you know whatever they experience on the journey sometimes it can be challenging because it can bring up things that we've repressed in the past so may you know somebody's journey will probably be very it will be different than what i experienced but you know there are challenging aspects of the journey and it's um it's hard to explain. It's just it's something to experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you offer like integration calls and support and so forth. So that might be part of helping that alignment yeah. and integration probably on the other side of it if something comes up that is like shocking to the system, if you will. Yes, that's an important part of the process. And so For me, I work with clients. I have single integration sessions or people work with me over a span of like 12 sessions and they're microdosing and working with psilocybin during, you know, their, during those three months. And I find that can be really supportive to unpack the experience and to really understand what is it showing you? What is it teaching you? Why is this popping up? because often it gives you the experience you need, not the experience you want. And it will reveal deep truths to you that you need to examine. But the thing is like, those things are what is gonna bring the most healing and transformation into someone's life. So I do find that package can be really supportive for people who want that deeper dive into Mm themselves, because it's also the best time to make those behavioral changes in their life as well. And to just feel supported, you know, because it can be, it can be nerve wracking to dive into the deep psychedelic waters, but yeah. I swam there often. So I understand the language and um, what the medicine is about. 
Yeah. Yeah. I had chills earlier when you were talking about just healing your relationship with the feminine and the masculine. And I'm wondering what it is about healing those relationships and specifically the relationship with the feminine that is so liberating. Yeah. Well, I think, think of our, I think of our society as a whole at the macro level, how the earth is treated. The earth is like the the big mother, right? Like, so the earth is treated in a certain way and females are treated in a certain way. We're repressed across the board, specifically even think of like what's happening in the middle East. Like it's, it's it's absolutely terrible. There seems to be this imbalance that's happening where when the feminine is repressed, there is like an imbalance that's happening in our society as a whole. But I think that healing the relationship with the feminine is really liberating because it's almost like you're reclaiming these aspects of yourself. It's like rewilding yourself because I feel a lot of women that are operating in their masculine, there's an emptiness inside. There is like, there's something else, you know, I have the success, I'm in corporate, I'm climbing the corporate ladder, but we are so different than the masculine and we're supposed to be, we're, we're so deep and there's so much to what being a feminine person is in our world. And so I think that there's a juiciness that women are missing out on because they're not honoring their feminine. And I Mm -hmm. think that is so supportive because I find that a lot of women feel like this emptiness, like there's something more when they're operating in these masculine structures. So it can be really supportive for feeling pleasure in your life. And like, that is also what life's about, you know, Mm -hmm. like feeling pleasure, exploring yourself and enjoying your life, being present. And, you know, even like living with the seasons, whatever it is you want to do, like giving yourself permission to live a life that you really want to live instead of one that you're being told to live and think you have to follow it. So to me, like the feminine, like reclaiming that is in a way about rewilding yourself to who we, who we were always and who we're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goosebumps. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I could talk all day. So what do you hope for Erica in like another 10 years from now, continuing on this journey, but like maybe specifically around intimacy, both emotionally and physically, like what do you hope in an Erica 10 years from now will have learned about herself or have experienced? Yeah, well, you know, um, motherhood is coming up on the horizon mm. for me. And so my hope is that within 10 years, I have embraced motherhood. I'm just learning as I go and that I still have the amazing intimacy that I have with my partner. And even more so, I think just like a a continuing of a deeper love for my life. And even if it's, you know, my thing is like, just enjoy the process as I go. And it doesn't have to be perfect. The ups and the downs are all worth it. Because what I found too is, I think in order to really embrace like the love and the passion and the support and all of that, it, it also means about being honest and feeling our pain as well. It's like the duality of life. Mm-hmm. You can't suppress negative emotions. So I think for me in 10 years, man, I just still deeply in love with my partner, love and life, exploring each other more and more, loving being a mother and, and juggling what that means to be a mom as well too, with my passion moving forward. Because honestly, I'm going to continue this work and I'm trained to be come facilitated in this as well to facilitate guided experiences. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 
It'll be amazing. And it is neat. I've started following the Moms on Mushrooms as well. And it's really remarkable how supportive it has been in the journey of motherhood for a lot of people and healing and allowing people to be present and so forth. So I'm excited for you to have that as well from the beginning, you know, that'll be really remarkable just to have that from the beginning. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm just, you know, I'm in this process. I just am surrendering to the flow of life. And I think even that means motherhood and what's to come and not trying to control it and just honoring what happens. So I'm just, I think that's been a big part of my relationship with the feminine is just surrendering to the flow of life in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. Where can people find you on Instagram or on the internet to learn more about the the kind teacher? The kind teacher, thank you. Yeah, no <laughs> and your and your coaching. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm on. I'm really active on Instagram. It's at Erica Day Coaching, and then the kind teacher is also linked in my bio as well. They can follow there, and if someone wants to work with the medicine, we have an intake form on the kind teacher webpage. They can fill out, and if they have questions they can reach out to me. And I think Instagram is the best way to follow my journey. I mean, of course, I have a website, Erica Day Coaching, if they want to learn more. But I think Instagram is where they can find me the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And is there anything else that you want our listeners to hear or know before we sign off on the conversation Mm -hmm. today? Yes, there is one thing if I we never push medicine on people. And so if If you are not feeling called to work with the medicine, don't push it. I would wait until you feel called. And even if that means you need to do a little more research or have some conversations, but I always say when you feel called, that is the right time. And that is when it will work for you the best. Okay. That's helpful. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Well, gosh, I sure appreciate your time today. I, I'm new in my little microdosing journey and have taken away so much from it. So I really appreciate the work that you're doing in the world. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this story, I hope you'll subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Please share it with a friend to keep the conversation going and leave a review. That would be super helpful. We invite you to follow us on Instagram at Life Turned On Podcast. And if you have a story you'd like to share, please email us at stories at lifeturnedonpodcast.com. And the next time you're looking for lingerie or sexual wellness products, I hope you'll consider shopping at lingerboutique.com so we can continue to normalize rest and pleasure together.